Welcome once again to The Rise of the Cordyceps Infected, a Last of Us HBO Max podcast, a weekly podcast that will discuss and has been discussing the Last of Us television show on HBO Max based off of the video game. Uh, I am one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A. and with me in the state of New York. Hi, this is Mike. Mike, how are you? I'm fine, Phil. How are you? I'm doing okay. And in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Hey, this is Barrett. Barrett, how are you? Good. And in the Canadian province of Alberta, Canada. Hey, everybody. It's Sean. Hope you're doing well. Indeed. Uh, so, uh, for folks who've uh, stumbled upon us and who are new to uh, this podcast or our podcast network, uh, the Rise of the Cordyceps Infected is a podcast that's part of the Dark Discussions News Network, uh, which will be coming up on its 12th or 13th year of existence in a, about a month or so from now. Uh, basically, uh, we have multiple podcasts from all your co-hosts on this podcast, as well as some uh, other podcasts from other folks. And uh, you can find that at www.darkdiscussions.com. We also have an email for this podcast, which is uh, the generic podcast for the network, which is darkdiscussions at AOL.com, or you can go to www.darkdiscussions.com and press on any page of that website, uh, contact us uh, in the menu that's on the top of every page. It will open up a email box, and you can email us that way as well. If you want, type in Last of Us or Cordyceps uh, in the uh, title, and then we'll know it specifically for this podcast here, and we will read your email on the podcast. Uh, you can find us a number of places, including www.darkdiscussions.com, where all the episodes are. We also can be found at the Rise of the Cordyceps Infected podcast feed, which can be found anywhere podcasts are found. And then you can also uh, find us on the Dark Discussions podcast feed, wherever podcasts are found. Uh, Sean, what else can people find on www.darkdiscussions.com? So they can also find the uh, link for Patreon. And if you have any financial wherewithal at this in these times, uh, you can go to the Patreon link and uh, go, and it's a way that you can support the podcast. So whether you donate a dollar or whatever it is that you can afford, anything helps because the podcast itself is free to everyone, but there's a lot of cost behind the scenes. So anything that you can donate helps. And for every $5 that you're able to donate each month, you can pick a movie that you would like to get done as a review. Those movies all go into a draw and the quarter or every quarter and um, movie will get pulled depending on what genre or where it falls. It can be either be on the main uh, dark discussions feed, or it could be on one of the sister podcasts, depending on what it is. But anyways, the point is that any funds that you can provide helps keep this going and is greatly appreciated. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, as Sean specifically stated, uh, anything is appreciated and anything will help us, uh, survive, uh, even though we've uh, been around for now 12 to 13 years, as we said, as a podcast network, um, anything can help because, again, 
uh, we run into red and everything here is free. It's free entertainment. And, uh, we, uh, try to be like PBS where we don't have any sponsors, uh, except for you, the listeners. Um, except that in this mean... case, they would be the, they would be the federal government. Indeed. Uh, and, uh, but we are always willing to have uh, a couple of things. One is we're always willing to have, um, uh, people who want to sponsor the podcast. So advertisers, uh, you can email us at darkdiscussions at AOL.com and, uh, just put in advertise in the, the subject. And we're also always looking for, uh, writers. So if you want to review horror films or, or, uh, Disney plus television series or Netflix series, uh, or, uh, give your opinions on anything related to genre stuff, including, uh, sci-fi fantasy thrillers superheroes video games whatever uh we're always looking for uh writers and uh it will be uh something where you could either jumpstart a writing career in uh media for movies and entertainment and uh something to put on your resume and so we're always looking for that just send an email at uh, darkdiscussions at aol.com again and type in on the subject uh uh, writing for the website or something like that. Um, all right. So, uh, what do we do here on this podcast? Uh, as stated, uh, we basically, uh, review each episode of this television series. Uh, this is the third episode of the series that we are going to, uh, review tonight, which is called Long, Long Time that aired on January 29th, 2023, uh, directed by Peter Hoare, uh, written by co-showrunner Craig Mazin. Uh, we are recording this on January 30th, 2023 to have this episode released uh, tomorrow, uh, which will, for us uh, right now as we record, which will be uh, the 31st of January, 2023. Um, so uh, I guess we can, uh, uh, well, first off, we, we do spoilers. This is a uh, we're assuming you've already watched the episode. Why else would you want to listen to a podcast uh, if you didn't watch this TV series? Uh, we also uh, want to thank everybody who uh, is listening, uh, especially those who have uh, uh, stayed with us after our first two episodes. So once again, thank you very much. Uh, it's greatly appreciated uh, to know that uh, we are not just talking to uh, uh basically a recording device and just throwing it out there and no one's listening. Uh, so thank you very much for that. Um, all right. So let's get into um, uh, what our thoughts are for this episode. Uh, just some one other thing before we do talk about that, which is uh, the reviewers that watched this episode uh, because a lot of our reviewers, if you go to Rotten Tomatoes and whatnot, there's like hundreds that were given all uh, episodes to review and they released their reviews for the general season and most folks uh, said this episode, episode 3 was the best in the series in their opinion um, alright so let's go around and discuss uh, our thoughts on the episode so uh, let's start with you Barrett um, boy best episode of them all I don't know about that but uh I liked the episode a lot. I thought it was up to the quality of the other two and I really, you know, enjoyed everything about it. Um, it was very sad for me though, too. So that kind of makes it hard for me because when I'm sad, it doesn't make me, uh, like it as much as an episode where I'm not sad. It's just, you know, 
something about that. Um, but yeah, it was a good episode, good acting. It was a really interesting episode. Um, I don't know what else there's to say. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Uh, yeah, for me, um, yeah, I think I'm uh, with you, Barrett. Um, uh, it's up the quality to the other two episodes. <clears throat> I don't know if it's the best episode of the season uh, or the three I've seen so far. Um, I actually enjoyed um, the Joel and Ellie more than uh, the main story for the episode because um, uh, I've become attached to the two lead characters and um, they interest me more than standalone characters, especially characters that we will not see again. Um, it doesn't follow the game as much, and I'm sure Sean will talk about that a little bit more than myself. Um, but um, all in all, uh, it was a fine episode, uh, especially the, the, the back end and the front end, in my opinion, where uh, we focus mostly on Joel and Ellie and the world that they're beginning to discover as they head out to Boston. Uh, there is some things about uh, 10 miles out of Boston that are not true uh, because there is the forest and the, the hills and stuff they showed uh, that would be about 15 to 20 miles out of Boston. Uh, 10 miles out of Boston, you're still basically in a sprawling uh, city, especially west, which is the way they're heading uh, because Boston uh, may be a small city land-wise, but they have a lot of multi-mini cities that are within the 10 miles to 15-mile radius. So uh, some interesting things that didn't match up with someone from Boston like myself, but uh, that's just a nitpick. All right, let's go with you, Sean. Uh, yeah, no, I think it uh, – I don't know if it's going to be the best. We'll have to see how the rest of the, the season goes. I enjoyed it, certainly, and I it, like you guys mentioned, it stood up to the quality of the first two. Uh, the one, it's not really spoiler, but the one thing I, the, the big thing was not having the cold open that we've been used right. to. And yep, so I'm true. assuming it's because the episode itself went back and that's yeah, that why we my, didn't get yep. the cold open. That's exactly what my thoughts were. So, but the episode of, I thought was really good. I thought Nick Offerman really did a good job. Uh, I wasn't familiar with the uh, the other person that we'll see in this the episode, but I thought that other storyline, though it's different than the game, it's almost more hopeful than what actually happens in the game. So we can discuss that. So, but yeah, I, I enjoyed the episode, and uh, so far these first three episodes, I I thought have done a really good job of taking the video game and adding to it. Yep, yep, fair enough, and. Uh, as we we know one of the showrunners is one of the co-creators of the game, uh, and so um, the show isn't just a, a purchased product by some company, uh, and they're just changing it on the whim like we've seen in many other uh, television series that or movies that uh, have been made based off of uh, PI or source material. Uh, Mike, what do you got? Yeah, I uh, I am not shocked in any way that. According to Phil, um, some um, critics consider this the best episode of the series because it's a completely irrelevant episode to the story why most of us are tuning in. Um, so I have mixed feelings about it because, yes, on the one hand, 
it is a fairly uh, touching love story. It is well executed. It is well acted. I have always loved, or long loved, not always, because you know I haven't known about him for the existence of all eternity, Nick Offerman, and he does a very good job here. Um, at the same time, it's not what I'm tuning in for, and it's one thing to do an episode like this one, two, three seasons into a show, you're in the third episode of the show, and you're telling a side story about side characters we're never going to see again that we have no investment in. So on, on that grounds, it's disappointing. Um, I get it that people will tune in and say, hey, this is, a, this is a nice, touching love story, and it is. It is very well executed. All those things are, are, are there. They're good. They're great. But I came to see the post-apocalyptic zombie video game show. And they're giving me this. And that's not what I'm coming to see. So, you know, it's it's, it's sort of a weird thing. Um, I got something good, but it also isn't what I wanted. Does that make any sense? Yeah, that's... Uh, sure. I, I thought there. that at the end of it, for sure. It's, you know, it is an episode where, you know... It's not going to matter, really. <laughs> it's a great story, but it's a one-off story, kind of in the heart of a big story. So, yeah, and and that's why I I felt the the front end and the back end were better than the story itself because again, I'm I'm, I'm kind of like you, Mike, where I I wanted to see um, our two leads and and uh, their story uh, more than than the standalone story that like you said doesn't um necessarily uh build much into the world except we see um uh, a survivalist and whatnot. We'll, we'll get into it. Right. Um, and I, I saw someone that say and I, I don't think it's an I don't fair comment to point out that thematically this still ties into the show because it's showing us what they're fighting for, right? That they're fighting for love and they're you know, and, and that return of, of, of that, to, you know, positiveness and goodness into the world. What this is what they are, what, what their goal is, is to bring this love back into the world. And I'm like, yeah, I understand that. But it's also a little bit of a stretch. You know, it just, you know, there were there are ways to have done that, you know, through the actual telling of the story that we're here to see. Um, and again, so I feel a little bad that I feel like I'm pissing on it. Because it doesn't, it, the episode in and of itself as a self-contained entity, or certainly that aspect of the story as a self-contained entity, yet is a lovely, well-told story. Uh, it, it's it's just also because of the way they end it, you know how when and where they and how they end it, it, it severs it almost entirely from from this this the characters that we're there to see. Um. It might have been interest, more interesting to me had they not done what they did at the end, so that there would be more interaction between one or two of those characters and Joe and Ellie. But they did. So, anyway, yeah, we have we have what do we have, right? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and and I know Phil, Phil, I would imagine would have liked this episode because it had bears in it, which are also fairly common in Massachusetts. I'll let that one go by, but yes, they they 
I, I, well, actually, I'm not. I don't know. I live in New Hampshire now, and I show have bears in my backyard. That's for sure. But um, yeah, probably uh, we'll, a different we'll, breed, though. We'll, we'll, we'll let that go. Uh, <laughs> um, so uh, let's see. Uh, so the two stars of this this episode were uh, Dick Offerman, uh, who I, I've never seen before um, until this episode because I'd never watched uh, Parks and Recreation which uh, I guess he starred in, so uh, he was completely unfamiliar to me. And then Murray Bartlett, who uh, won a, a primetime Emmy for uh, The the uh, White Lotus. Um, I, had, I had not seen that show either, and so I, I don't know anything about him either. So, so both of these actors were, were completely new to me. I did not know either of them at all. Um, and those are the two leads for, for this episode. Uh, besides the, the bookends. Um, all right. So uh, what we do here on this podcast, again, uh, since we're assuming everybody here that's listening has watched the show or is watching the show or is familiar with the show or, or something. Uh, so we're here to uh, talk about anything and everything related to this episode or the entire show for that matter, uh, with even some uh, video game references. Um, so we're assuming that everybody will not be upset if there's any spoilers, but at least we're, we're letting you know now that there are always spoilers on this podcast because this is a deep dive into uh, the episode and the story and the show. All right, so uh, where do we want to begin? Uh, who wants to begin? Uh, let, let's first, before we talk about this, um, Sean, I want to ask you, because I, I watched um, uh, some of this uh, episode uh, of the video game, the part in the video game through YouTube uh, walkthroughs where, where someone's actually playing the game and you get to watch it, so it's like a movie. Um, and the show is, is is fairly adapted to television from a video game that itself is much a theatrical or, or, or movie-like experience. Uh, but this show here, uh, this episode was completely different than that part of the game, and uh, I know me and you, Sean, were were talking about it offline about a week ago because I was ripping into the game, uh, not because it was bad, but because all the references to Lincoln, Massachusetts, uh, were not real. Um, and then I read up that they just made this generic um, New England town and and just called it chose Lincoln off the map, basically, um, and just said that's where they were heading. Uh, Lincoln's a very rural town, very wealthy town, and um, they change it completely in the game. Uh, but I got to say here, in the in the show, that looked like Lincoln. So I, the show actually made it look more Lincoln than the, the video game by far. Uh, but Sean, uh, explain a little bit about the video game and the differences, if you could. So- what we get is Joel and Ellie are supposed to meet up with Bill and Frank. Uh, you get to the town and you find out that half the town is been like cut off because it's just full of infected. And so basically go, Joel wants to get a truck, right? So that they can drive and like make the trip a little bit faster. Um, and they have to make a deal with, Bill to go to the school because there's supposed to be a possible engine and stuff that they could be able, they could grab and be able to use to fix the truck. And then you basically have to go 
to the school, which is just covered with infected, and you can try and stealth around some of them. Um, later in the school, you end up running into one of the bloaters, which is the big one that shoots oh, stuff we at missed you. missed that in this video, this game. Uh, yeah, this so we didn't episode. get that. Yeah. So, you know, that was the big difference from this episode on that we actually watched because this one takes a whole different approach. And like I was saying, in the game, the situation with Bill and Frank does not end well, and it is not a happy result. If you consider what happens at the end of this episode, a result, a positive result, there was none of that. It was basically um, Frank ended up fighting with Bill and wanted to leave, got bitten by an infected, and then basically ended up hanging, like hanging himself to not turn. This was generally a happier yeah. than that. That would uh, yeah. lead you to. <laughs> and so, yeah, and I, so you, yeah. I was going to add, Sean, uh, if, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the relationship that Bill and Frank have in the video game. They uh, hate each other. They yeah, each they, other. They're, they're partners, but partner doesn't necessarily mean what we saw in, in, in this yeah, episode, no, it's, right? It's right. like an uneasy alliance just because, but it's, yeah. they're not fond of each other. They're not friends. There's no deeper relationship. It's just basically two people who are thrown together and it does not end up well. Right, right. Uh, yeah, and I, I was planning to talk tonight about all the differences between Lincoln, Massachusetts and the video game and the show, but they they changed it completely, so I don't have to do any of that yeah. because the show doesn't do that at all. Mm, uh, they be able to complete their their maps at home then. That's true. That's true. Well, because there's there is no Lincoln High School, and and the, it's Lincoln Sudbury High School, and it's a regional high school, and it's all in Sudbury, not not in Lincoln because Lincoln's too small to actually uh, have the high school itself. Um, so now, my understanding is there are hints of this in the game, but not. Like for example, uh, I think they mentioned that Ellie finds a Playgirl magazine in the back of the truck. Um, I guess there are a few other things that were kind of nuanced in it, but it's yeah, yeah. it's 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 very much open to interpretation. Right. Yeah. There was one uh, scene where they that Frank and Bill were living in a church, and there's only one mattress. So again, that's an interpretation too, Mike. So yeah, there could be right. a few other, yeah. So and I mean, I the game came out in was 2013. Yep. Um, you know, with the the era of ranging homophobia, but no, it's um, I mean, things were still going in in a, in the the right direction, but it's just I I don't know. Um, it's certainly not where we are now. It's amazing to think it's only been. A decade um so they may have been trying to avoid any uh unnecessary controversy by right. not being more explicit with that and certainly well, and, and even even that really wouldn't be anything except to i guess build two characters background a little more for the game because again it wouldn't even have anything to do right. whether they were just partners or whether they were uh I guess um, LGBTQ wouldn't have mattered 
even in the game. You know, it's just no, and yeah. and there's a lot of games where part of the the the, the 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 richness of the game is that there is hidden information, secret stories that you pick up by by finding letters or files or uh, computer entries that give you background on characters that you might not otherwise um, get, and that I think is going to be the case here, right? Is that whatever backstory there is to these characters? It's an Easter egg for the people who really want to hunt out those details, but it's completely unnecessary to the story. A video game really can't just take a few extra minutes or hours to tell the side story of a character who really has nothing to do with the game. Sure, sure. Yeah, uh, that's a fair point. Absolutely. Um, And and I want to say this is not as egregious as the Halo whole character line that I hated. Um, this this was at least a good story and decently and, told. It's just unfortunate. And well acted, right? So yeah. it wasn't a situation where you're like, well, right? Right. Yeah. And and whether or not they went with this story or not, these characters you don't see ever again anyway. And I, and I, if I'm not mistaken, in the game you don't really see them much at all either. So no, it's it's it, not yeah. like a brand new storyline that's going to be go, f- flowing through the entire rest of this season, like with that Halo yeah, character that they, they – Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and I really like the letter at the end when he's like, I didn't really like you, but <laughs> we're, we're kind of the same type of people. We protect people. I, yes. I really like that part. I think that of anything, that was really important to hear about him as well, a character. Well, I, I, I liked it because it – it was good for Joel for the Bill character. He seemed a little hypocritical because technically, you know, when he saw all the people being rounded up to be taken away to a QA or QZ area quarantine zone, he didn't help any of them or or try to save anybody as they were being taken away. It wasn't like he had any neighbor that was like a, a mom and a dad with a little kid or something that he says, Hey, you guys should come with me because you know, they're not, it's safer here. So why are you saying he's hypocritical? Yeah. He's hypocritical in the sense that he goes, we protect people. And really did, did he really protect people or did he just well, protect Frank? He protected, you know, you know his people. He protected well, his himself. People. Yeah. And his friend is his people. And you know, in that situation, I don't think any of us would go against the military to save everybody. Well, I mean, but, but it's there right, are it's some right. people that would, but well, I, I have some neighbors and some people in my town and some family and stuff that I would try to, if I had the the, the thing he had, there those are the people that I trust that I, I know are good people that I would have tried to bring in. Maybe 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 he's he's antisocial and he doesn't have any friends. Well, it sounded, or any it sounded that way. Yeah, it sounded this that way like, because he's talking about how I mean he hasn't come out. He he's gay, but he's never been with another guy before. No, and I, I, I think I, and I think the other thing too that they I just mean show, his neighbors are you right. Know, he but might anyway, not yeah. have been close with his neighbors because well, this he, is what they're saying is that he was. He was he was outside before the pan- this thing ever came up. He was not part of society. He was not part of right. the city, the town, anything. He was by himself, and that's how he saw himself. I'm not saying it's right, right. but that is. But, but I mean, he, he you know he went to the local store. He went, you know, I'm sure he did all, had to go shopping and stuff. Well, it doesn't mean he was interacting with people, <laughs> right? right. Or, so, that, so, or that yeah. he was friendly with them, <laughs> right? Well, yeah. that's what I'm assuming. Yeah. 
You seem kind of that he was antisocial or or very very shy or something was wrong because he didn't have any relations with anybody. You know, not even like the the friendly yeah. elderly neighbor next door or the or the friendly little couple with the child across the street or something. So well, the character it, it, also clearly had changed by the end of the show. Yes, yes that too. Sort of, yeah. The arc of his character, right? Yeah. So, but but but. He still had to write in the letter, "I never liked you, Joel," which yeah. was kind of I felt was kind of stupid. I, I felt well, he's he an antisocial said, asshole. That never changed. Yeah. Right, right. That did not change. Right. I liked that actually. I, I thought it was it was it felt more true to his character. Yes, because right, if he just if, wrote a flowery yeah. letter, that would have been like that wouldn't have felt right. Right, like he he may have had a, a softening of himself, right? But yeah. he's the core of him still is there. Right. But, but if you know you're going to be dead in an hour or whatever, you, you know, before he wrote the letter, you figure he could have softened. But again, yeah, I mean, but his you know, never give up, though, never surrender. Argue. Yeah. <clears throat> the, the point is that you could say the softness was in how he referred to Tess. Yeah. Right? yeah. Okay. That he understand, yeah. understood the relationship and that's what he thought Joel was going to protect. Right. Which right? probably kind of would have happened. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> if she had died. Yeah, yeah, she hadn't died terribly, so right. You know, right. it's just that now Thanks. it's. No. Thanks, Bill. Good timing. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, that's yeah. then again, it's just like again pushing that thing of just like now, you know, that whole relationship with him and Joel and Ellie really has to grow, right? And it becomes more where he is the protector and accepts that that role, right? Right, Whereas right. In the, the video game, the start, he wasn't. <laughs> in the video game, he he's kind of more of a protector, quicker. I feel, but they, they he is. But the funny part is, is, in the game, it reveals that he was way darker. <laughs> right, and than it also on the show, and also the game doesn't have Ellie as as a as a stinker as much. She's no. a much more innocent and nice girl than than what we see. In, in I like in her as show. a stinker. <laughs> yeah, Bella does but a good job of that. But, but it's just a different ta- character, is what I mean, Barrett. I mean, whether, yeah, whether yeah, one is better yeah. than the other, it, it's it's the relationship in the in the video game is, is definitely a little more cordial at, at, at right off the beginning. But it's not so egregious that you're like, if you were a fan of the game, that you're going to be throwing things about it. Yeah, right, right. Oh yeah, yeah. I wasn't implying that. I was just saying no. I'm not saying you, but I'm just saying it like that. Like this is the difference between this in a halo right yeah where yeah. you could really have people who yeah you still have the core you still have the core even if they change it a little bit while halo and sometimes they're they, adding to it right whereas the yeah. adding in halo yeah. didn't feel like adding it felt like what the hell are you doing <laughs> yeah yeah and for folks and who are i'm curious, not a halo game fan so uh for, for, I'm for, for, well, right well yeah you you, you haven't played either games but but I know you did a lot of research for both on on YouTube. Well, I played and Halo, but I wasn't a fan. I didn't enjoy it, so because I'm okay. not a first person shooter person. But okay, yeah, um, I loved I loved the, that video game. But but yeah. well, well, for folks who don't know what we're talking about, we we did a uh, podcast on the Halo TV series on Paramount Plus uh, called uh, Cortana's Communiques, uh, the Halo podcast. Um, so folks can go listen to that as well. Uh, if they want, it's also on the darkdiscussions.com website, as well as uh, its own feed, wherever podcast is found, as well as on the Dark Discussions podcast feed. Uh, so continue, Sean. Sorry, I just had to let people know. Oh what no, we're I just, that's what I was going to say. So I mean, you can see the difference in the quality, 
like the difference in showrunners, the difference in approach. Where right. Well, the Halo showrunners already been fired. Or walked away, whatever. Right, right, quote unquote. But but you can see that this is done as an act of homage and you could say love. It's done with love because it's going with detail and it's it's giving you the feel, right? Whereas I don't know if you could have said that about Halo. Well, also, this show has one of the the creators of the game as a showrunner, a co-showrunner. Which which adds to it, right? Because then you've got this person who's actually been involved. And right. has invested, exactly. e- invested even more in not ruining their own creation. Yes. Right. And, and spoiler warning, I don't think anyone uh, has trouble seeing where Last of Us is going. Yeah. Right. right. We we all know why it's getting there. Now, I I, I will still argue uh, that we are three episodes in and you've had, what, two scenes that really, uh, maybe three scenes that have featured the uh, infected. Right. So I can see people getting a little blue ballsy at this point. But yeah. that said, um, you see where it's going. You know it's coming. If it's not coming as fast as you'd like. You know where the relationship between Joel and Ellie is going. So even though you know Ellie is uh, a little more precocious than uh, than she was in the game, we, we all know that this is going to end up with the two of them, you know, being some sappy, sentimental, caring for each other. Father-daughter type thing. Father-daughter kind of scene. And we we get it. We know they're going to go there. So she's just going to have a little bit of a longer journey in the show than she maybe did in the game. Um, But that's fine because you can start them out a little further apart. And that just makes the coming together, you know, all the more uh, satisfactory, I guess, when it happened at the end. Where is the the storyline with the, the Halo was, where are they going? Why are they doing this? I, I, I don't see – how is this – this doesn't make any sense. Why are we spending time with the character? We don't care. Why is this story so stupid? Um, and that's not the case here. Like, even though I don't see the significance really outside again of you know, a thematic thing, it's not really what I feel to be tuned in for. And some people will be, be like, oh, I, it wasn't – but it was so awesome. It was a wonderful gift. Okay, fine. That's great. I'm just saying I understand why people might feel differently. Um, but it was a one episode thing. We are not spending nine episodes watching Frank and Bill and their relationship grow and develop for no particular reason. There will be episode seven that has a standalone story too about another character, some woman, but um, I'm, I don't know any further details. But yeah, that's a fair point, Mike. I mean, I mean, the main part point of the Lincoln storyline. Lincoln, Massachusetts storyline in the game is, is what Sean said. Basically, they're, they're there to get a truck. And in the game, obviously, it's much more exciting. There's dozens of zombies. Um, and then you also have the big reveal of, of the next version of the zombie, the, the, the bloater type. Here, they get rid of all that. But the, the point of the episodes, truly, even if you throw away the bill and Frank's storyline was for them to get a truck. And and so they do end up, even though in different ways, at the same location as the game, which is they get a truck. Yeah. Now, <laughs> now, obviously, I would have preferred um, an action-packed adventure like we see in the game, even though they ruin Lincoln, Massachusetts in the game. But 
it was really cool what I saw in the game. There's a graveyard scene. There's a there's um they're going through house to house. They get to the school. It's really cool. And the second episode of this season so far has been what I think most people are tuning in for because that you know going through the rubble, you're walking into the infected and all this other stuff. And and um I they guess they could have gone that route here. But they decided to do this this um, warm story of of these two characters instead. I also uh, wonder about the budget for doing that, trying to follow, yeah, the action yeah. sequences because yeah, I don't imagine it's cheap to do all of that stuff. So I can it's like it's yeah. why they didn't do the skyscrapers, and you know, well, well or, or even. even- I'm not even talking about the skyscrapers. I mean, still, even episode two, whether they had the skyscrapers or not, it was still action-packed with zombies because they did have the museum and and they did have the the state house. Here, in this episode here, they could have, you know, they have the, in the video game, you get the school, you get the graveyard, you got uh, the house to house, and they got rid of all that. Probably for what you said. When they get the truck, when they get the truck too, when they're, like yep. trying to escape the town, the infected are coming after them. It's not right. like they have like an easy, easy like they did here. Sunday drive. Yeah, to get so, out, like they're escaping. <laughs> so even if this is really good sh- storytelling, even though it's standalone, as as Mike mentioned, it was probably a hell of a lot cheaper to do it this way. So yeah. it wouldn't surprise me that that was probably another reason why they may have decided to go. Hey, why don't we just build on Bill and Frank and their backstory? And we can say and write it really well, and then we can save millions of dollars because we don't have to have this crazy setup of Lincoln, yeah. Massachusetts, which the game is. It's unbelievable. It's, it's it's a great scene, even though I was pissed because it ain't Lincoln, Massachusetts. But as a scene in in random Massachusetts town, it's awesome, and it would have cost a lot of money to probably do it. So they saved a hell of a lot of money by just having two actors in a house and, and a, a couple of fences in the background. So, right. Um, with, with the exception of uh, the resident evil franchise, uh, you, you can expect a typical video game adaptation to have less action than the actual video game. Uh, it's just cheaper. It's just a lot cheaper to, to, to hit a button and render a zombie than it does to, you know, hire an actor, design the makeup, you know, spend time filming it, staging it, making sure safety precautions and all the rest of it. So, yeah, it's it's just makes perfect sense. Um, and they're not going to spend 40 hours in, in the story the way they, you know, half of which is consisting of you, you know, fighting hordes of zombies or, or, or solving puzzles or, or something like that. So uh, it just doesn't make any, it's just not going to go that way, right? Um, right no matter what. Right. Um well, and it is and the first fine. episode, so budget's not, you know, they're going to see how it's going to go. They're not going to get the biggest budget that they could possibly get in the first first season. First season, yeah. Yeah. That, that's mean, another point, too. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, now, before uh, Barrett interjected, you were you were about to continue something on? Yeah, Mike? sorry. Uh, I, I might have been. Uh, it's possible. Uh, sorry. <laughs> No, I was, no, trying, that was, that I, was, I was already reaching. I, I had something I was going to say, and I was reaching for what it was going to be. Uh, it, it did but, get approved for a second season already, FYI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like I said, it's it's also a lot more involving and engaging for action when you're doing a video game because you're the one doing the action. Yeah, and it's a little harder when you're the one watching the action and not actually doing it. 
you know, so yeah, so oh the other thing I was gonna say is also with the remember if you're playing a video game, when you have uh the zombies, you, you can basically come up with like I don't know, ten zombies and recycle them you, on a TV show that's never gonna work. So, <laughs> yeah. so again that that ties back into the budget. Right. Um, and I don't know why that is, because if you think about it, there's no reason why we should be able to be to live with, you know, repetitive zombies in one format and not in the other. But, you know, it's uh, either you can suspend your disbelief or you can't. But for some reason, we're willing to suspend it in a game when we might not be willing to suspend it in a in a TV series. But, you know, that's sort of the same reason why, you know, back in the day, if I was watching Isle of Lucy, there were certain actors who appeared, appeared repeatedly in multiple episodes playing different roles as just, you know, the Mater D or, you yeah, know, the mailman. Yeah, Archie or Bunker, that happened a lot. In the, uh, right. But nowadays, if somebody yeah. appears as a background character, they're, they're now that character for eternity and you can never yeah. cast them as yeah. anything else ever again because you <laughs> might shatter the illusion that this isn't some interconnected shared universe that's really happening somewhere and you'll you'll ruin their delusions and uh so if you play what? Marge the male person uh <laughs> sounds like you're breaking the simulation Mike yeah. <laughs> that, uh, yeah speaking of that Eric Eric right he's watching that podcast about someone trying to break virtual reality games and stuff but anyway that's a side thing um so uh back to this episode here um I, I did like uh, seeing um, um, Tess uh, because that's the actress uh, that I know her from uh, um, Fringe and various other shows. Uh, yeah. Oh, and, uh, and that 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 two season FBI show on Netflix that they canned. I forget the name of it. And um, and it Mind shows hunters? you. How, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And um, Mindhunter. Just exactly, and then uh, the thing is, is that um, they really did make her like like a little more chubbier and and dirtier up for the present and day test. Right? Yeah, and aged her while the test from the flashback is the actual Anatov that that uh, I, I, I'm familiar with. Yeah, I laughed because my wife spotted her last week, and she said, "Is that the lady from that show?" And and, and I could not get the show out of her because she couldn't remember the show and what it was called and her description of it wasn't especially accurate or, or I mean, or like Vincent and finally we got fringe. And it's like, I guess, I don't know. And then this week I was like, Oh yeah, that's the <laughs> like connected yeah. immediately. Um, and I guess it was just, you know, whether they de-aged her for this or aged her up considerably for the other. Um, oh, and, and they, yeah. they, they made her not, I mean, she's a very attractive woman in real life, and so they, in the present day test, they made her look really like um, not attractive. And then the younger tests are the tests in the back, of, you know, a few years earlier. It's the Anatov that we know, and it's also kind of the character from the video game because the the video game she's she she looks more like the flashback than what we saw in the first two episodes. So. Yeah, and it's funny because I just finished watching Midnight Mass, and um, I'm not going to spoil anything for the show, but there's a, a lot of characters on that show who are old that I thought were very clearly young people in makeup. Uh, and, and sure enough, it's because they have to show them uh, at different ages over the course of the series. And so, you know, sort of like the uh, 
Uh, I can't remember what the name of the actor is. The guy that they cast in Prometheus to play like his young self in a commercial or promo piece. Guy, guy, guy Pierce. Guy, guy Pierce. Thank you. And and then he had to you know put on tons of makeup to be as himself as a hundred and twenty year old man or whatever it is. You know, it's like this, the same kind of thing there where they had to have them play, have the same actor. And it's just easier to make any young actor look old than it is to make an old actor look long, young. But that's one of my complaints about Midnight Mass is the old age makeup was not terribly convincing because um, they could right. spot it right away. Here, uh, I unless, think that's, that's, that's very good. Unless you're Martin Scorsese, who uh, in The Irishman, he, he was able to use computer graphics to do make an 80-year-old Al Pacino look like he was 40. <laughs> Um, and, and move like he was 60. Um, right. But no, I think... Right, but it, it, that's a hell of a, a budget that's required to do that. And, and Scorsese had that budget, yeah, exactly. Which is so surprising why Ridley Scott wasn't able to do it for Prometheus, but that's besides the point. Um, so back back to this show here. Um, so what, what it is is that basically Bill and Frank are the... Um, I mean, we can get into the origin story, but what it is is they, they live out in Lincoln uh, and they have a, a part of the town where like this neighborhood um, surrounded by, um, um, I guess, fences and 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 traps and Tess and Joel are uh, become friendly with them and trade with them uh in the past and so that's how bill knows joe because they're buddies from quote-unquote buddies because they, they're traders basically um and in this this game here they have uh, frank wanting to befriend people from other survival groups or whatever and and that's how they meet or, or it's implied they meet uh, in this episode. Yeah. Um, well, well, in the game, it's it's more of like traders. Yeah. Um, just tying in more with just the smuggling stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, 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 and and they kind of go that way too, where even though it their origin story here is because Frank wants to befriend people. Uh, they also do the trading that we do see in the video game or, or what is implied in the video game where, you know, you give us guns and we'll give you uh, seeds and, and, and stuff or, or metal uh, to build better fences and things like that. Uh, so they do show that here as well in the game uh, versus the, and in the, in the show itself. So, um, so where do we want to begin? What, what do we want, else want to talk about? Because we've been talking general, generic stuff, really, and, and, and the background between uh, why they did it this way and, and things of that nature. Well, um, why don't we touch on, because, I mean, we touched on a bit on the stuff with uh, you know, Frank and Bill. But let's touch about the fact that we, so we didn't get a cold open, which is the first time we haven't. Or, yeah. or did we? we well, we we, we got well, no, what, 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 the, the episode. But what like what the Sean actual... means, what Sean means, is a cold opening meaning something before the credits. We didn't oh, have okay, because right. yeah. we didn't get that; it just went straight in, right? And so the the reasoning, like we talked about, was obviously because they were going to show us stuff like about the flashback of something applicable in within the episode. So I get why there was no cold open. 
But I wonder if that means there's going to be no further cold opens or if we're going to go back to cold opens next episode. But yeah, I'm curious about that, too. I did miss the the cold episode, too, Sean. I've I've definitely missed the cold up. Um, But the one thing that we get is basically um, Ellie and Joel are making their way from Boston. They're going through the forest. They're having conversations. Uh, and they get to a spot where I think it's past the airplane that's crashed. Yeah. And they end up getting to, like, basically it's a burial pit, except it's an open pit. And Ellie's asking what happened, and Joel basically explains that the soldiers would take people from towns, saying that they're going to take them to the, queue, the the different quarantine zones, but then just go and murder the people in fields whether it's they didn't have enough room or whatever the excuse was that they, the soldiers used or the, the ones directing the soldiers. So it's basically, Ellie's like, why would you be killing innocent people? People, people that aren't infected. Not infected at all. And then the uh, the argument is, well, you could have one infected, and so we're just not going to take yeah, a chance. Yeah. Well, he, the way he says it, the way Joel explains it is, uh, it's easy, uh, the dead don't become yeah, infected. Yeah, they don't, aren't infected. <laughs> Yeah. Well, then, he, so, did try, he did try to keep her from seeing it. He didn't want yeah, her to he see did. it. Yeah, yeah. And, but that, like yeah. him saying that, was what then spurred her on to, of course, be problematic. But right. But then he also she only uh, had to take about ten steps to see what he didn't want her to see. Right. right. You right. should have right. thought about yeah. it maybe a little earlier. Yeah. But the other thing now, too is that he was now all that about. Oh, okay. No, I was just going to say, and then he Joel talks about the theory of the food being infected, and that's why it spread so fast. Right. Because Ellie's trying to understand, like, how did it go from just one day for everyone to, like, for everything to collapse like that? Right, right. I did like that explanation, Sean. I did like that explanation, which is... And then he talks about, like, how it goes from the, the, the 26th when it happens, the following Monday, everything's gone. Total collapse of civilization. Right, because he, he, he ex- ate because it was his birthday. <laughs> that, is, that is exactly right. That's exactly right, and and also his daughter died. So, um, but also, um, you know, it's it's like any big date, you know, Pearl Harbor, nine eleven, whatever. Um, the the thing too is he ma- he makes a point too and explains that it's uh, a commodity because it's yeah. flour, rice, things like that. It just goes into everything, and then it goes throughout the whole world, and. So, you know, you could have uh, pancake mix or oatmeal or, or whatever, you know, or um, you know, rice, you know, go to China or wherever, and, and boom, it's on every shelf every, in every store. And then everybody buys it that week, and then everybody eats it once or sometime within the next four or five days. And as Sean mentioned, that Monday, everybody is infected, basically. Uh, so that's why you always eat, eat meat, and you, and you don't become a vegetarian. <laughs> oh, oh hell yeah! <laughs> Amen, brother. Amen. Uh, um. <laughs> but then you get the actual flashback sequence showing the soldiers rounding up the people and right. taking well, them uh, out. Sean, and- Sean, the way they, the, the way they do it is is pretty cool because they show the rotted dress 
and yeah, and, and baby, and yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and then and then they flash back, and and we see the person actually alive wearing that dress, and everyone um, is healthy, everyone's yeah. fine. They're just being loaded up into the trucks, and it just gives you that same vibe of what you would expect of like the concentration camp stuff, right? We're just yeah. basically rounding people up and just killing them. Well, it, it's a little different. Uh, they're all going willingly because they're not thinking they're going to be killed, right? So not not that, but not, I mean, I know your point where sometimes the Nazis and, can, and the Soviets trick people, right? trick people, right? Um, but a lot of times, you know, as we saw in the movie Schindler's List, they didn't trick anybody, and they they just put them in the the trains and whatever. Yeah, because by that time the pretense was gone. Right. Yeah, yeah, Everyone exactly. Knew, or at least they knew, right? So, exactly. Well, but there was also like they they wouldn't, wouldn't say, "All right, everyone, go into the showers so we can murder you." Um, there was still right. <laughs> there, there was right. still deception involved. There was still like there weren't because part of it is a matter of getting cooperation, and you know there was a lot of compliance because well, if we resist, we're only going to make things worse. Not necessarily understanding that no things were going to get as as literally bad as they possibly could. Um, right. And you know, I'm, I'm not far be it for me to, to congratulate the Nazis on other thing, anything other than fashion sense. Um, but you know, they were absolutely right in guess in that regard. Right, is that um, they had known they may have what was really in store for them, as opposed to just eh, it's a passing storm and things will be shitty for a while, but we can wait it out. Um, they they may have reacted very differently. Um, Kind of, kind of had this conversation today uh, on Facebook, but um, oh, it related, but it's just over what was known, what wasn't known, what was going on, you know, and yeah, even though like people knew about Crystal Knocked, it didn't mean they knew about the people being and uh, in, having industrial extermination going on in the, in the concentration camps. So, because it was just too big of a horror for people, I think, to get their heads around. So here... Um, I must say the flashbacks that that was Lincoln, Massachusetts, but again, they said that was 10 miles out of the city. So, um, but anyway, but, uh, my nitpicking be gone, be done. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's where, how we are introduced to, uh, Bill who's in his bunker and in his house and the soldiers are going around and this does show a little bit of, I guess the, the, the roundup. Because yeah. they're checking every house to make sure everybody's taken out of the house, and then they paint on the door saying, you know, that they're gone or whatever. Um, so, it's, and again, it's kind of it's kind of thick too, because I mean, they're not thick yet; they just don't have room for them. So they're saying, "Fuck you, and you're going to die." So we're well, going to do it sooner. <laughs> yeah, this is also because, yeah, go on, no, this is also why I don't really believe that humanity would fall to the zombie apocalypse. It's because we know full well where the zombies recruit from, and we would find ways to stop that. Um, <laughs> you know, it's uh, when your life is like, look, it's it's brutal, but it would work. It would work um, for sure. And you know, it's, and as far as I know, they're not doing like you know means testing or you know looking for people with certain qualifications. It was just basically first come first serve, get everybody well, in there, and, and also we'll keep back, loading them up until we're full. Like, and, and back then, like they didn't have the, uh, the 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 detectors to tell if someone was right. red or green, right? So if they couldn't put you in a quarantine zone, they pretended they were going to take you to a quarantine zone and instead bring you to a field and, and shoot you. Because I think right, that was also aspects, right. Oh. 
I was going to say, I thought it was telling that the, the dress, there was a the mother in a dress, and the baby's dress was there also. So they also yeah, killed the yeah. infant, was the implication. The, the thing I was going to yeah. say is that like, it's too, right. like, twofold in what they're doing, right? Is they don't want the stragglers to rise up against them, right? <laughs> and then the other aspect of, like, if they're dead, like we've talked about, they can't be infected. Right. And it's, well, and- I mean, that's brutal, but terrible, right? Well, but that's... The understanding. Well, of and what that's that's what the, is. but but that's what what makes it unfortunate, right? Because the moment you're infected, just like any zombie film, there's no cure, so you yeah. just might as well kill the person because they're going to be a murdering monster in a couple of minutes or a day or whatever, anyway, right? But these people here, they don't know who's infected or not, and since they have no idea and they don't want to you know, have a, a one week quarantine period for whatever reason, they decided to just kill them all because as Joel mentioned, and you just said, Sean, which is um, a dead person can't become infected. Well, that what's, that's what makes it more brutal than the normal zombie stories we know, because usually they're not killing everybody off so they can't become zombies. <laughs> sure. Well, and, and, and this may happen in a state like Massachusetts, due to the gun laws, but something like this, uh, I would have loved to see the show do a flashback in, in a uh, more um, uh, rural uh, state that is more pro second amendment. Uh, people who are listening to this, that don't know American politics, because we do have English and Australian and whatnot listeners, Mexico and so forth. Um, the second amendment is the right to bear arms, meaning you're able to uh, have um your own possession, you can purchase your own guns and have them in your own house for protection or hunting or or sporting because a lot of people do disc shooting as well and stuff. Um, and or some just because you like the way they look hanging on the wall. That is true too. And and some some states uh, in the fifty states of the United States um, have are less stringent than other states. So, for example, the state that Mike lives in and the st- New York and the state that I came from, Massachusetts, is much more strict than, say, the state I live in now, which is um, New Hampshire, or um, a state that I guess you live in too, Virginia, where where you know a lot of folks, a lot of rural area, and uh, historically it was always a... Um, yeah, a, we, let, we let six-year-olds shoot people here. Um, well, I'm not, I'm not talking, I don't, I don't know about that. I, I mean, I don't, it happens. These things do happen, but, but my point is, is that I'm not even trying to talk politics here. I'm just saying that either. I don't oh, want to talk second amendment. I, I was just mentioning it for people who have no idea what I'm talking about, because we do have all these listeners from other countries. But my point is, is that it would be interesting to see if the military could get away with that in a state where guns were more open I think so you'd I would, be surprised how meekly I, people go to their death. Yeah, you could be right. Yeah, yeah it's kind of interesting <laughs> how it works. I um, think they would go according to however the writers wanted them to go. Yeah, that's the that's the well theory, in a right, show. Right? Yeah, in a show. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. in a show for sure. Yeah. Um. So so uh, that that's how how it's set up. Um. Uh, but what did you guys think of um the whole situation at the Cumberland Farms? Now, for folks who listening to this or saw the show, a couple of farms are very common in the Northeast and New York and I think Florida. Uh, it's basically like a, a gas station convenience store combo. Um, and uh, there's, I have like two within the next, like in three mile radius from me. Um, and so that's basically what that store was for people who are like, what the hell is a Cumberland Farms? Um, 
Because the Northeastern exclusive Seven Eleven. Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. Because I remember um, there's we people, have Wawa here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I was talking to this girl that I knew. Wawa was um, a little bit more supermarkety, not quite, but yeah, it's a little bit of a bigger scale. Yeah. Uh, I, I was dating this, this this girl from China, and and she she when I said Cumberland Farms, she thought I was talking about a real farm, you know. So they're, they're very <laughs> uncommon, except for the New England. I, yeah, I had explained, oh no, they just call it a Cumberland Farms, and it's really like a Seven Eleven, as as you said, Mike, or White Pantry or White Hen or whatever they call them. Um, Circle K is another one, right? Um, so I thought it was weird that she, he allowed her to be separated from him. Yeah, I, was, and, I, I did too. I thought that was weird. Yeah. And I'm also confused why she was so secretive about going into the uh, the crawl space or the or the basement without telling him. I mean, I didn't understand that either. He's, he's being very controlling. Uh, he's not trusting her with a weapon, you know, and she's trying to to be a little bit independent. I think that that's all it is. They're kids, teenagers or teenagers, and yeah. often that means just being a dumbass. Right, right. So she found uh, uh, Tampex, and that's about it. I think she found right, and, and then she found that the zombie infected. Yeah, the, maybe infected that explains zombie. her crankiness. Yeah. <laughs> so she she killed the infected. So it was. But of course, it was, you have to talk about how she did it, right? Because she wasn't just killing it. Yeah. She was like almost. She cut the skin and you could see like the fungus stuff under the Underneath. skin and yeah. then she like stabbed it, but it wasn't like, Oh, I feel bad about this. But, like she had pretty, pretty, uh, yeah. It seemed more curiosity, it. almost scientific curiosity than that's what it was originally. And then when she decided to kill it, it was like hate. It was kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of changed in mid motion. Almost. It was, it was yeah. kind of neat. It was kind of neat. Yeah. I think that makes sense. Um, um, we, we we are reminded throughout the episode a couple of times that this is a girl who has lived a little bit of a, a sheltered life because she's been in a quarantine zone. She's been in the city, whatever, you know, yeah. and, and she was born after, you know, everything went to hell. So she doesn't have anything. She hears all these stories about things that people used to have that she'll never have. And yeah. these are the things to blame. But she's probably not seen, I mean, she's not bit, but she hasn't had seen many of these things. You, you grow up, you live your life around these, uh, hearing these stories of these monsters who have destroyed the world and that you have to be constantly vigilant about. And yet, you know, you never get a chance to see one up close, in a, certainly not in a safe uh, well, environment. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 And that's a fair point. She, yeah, we, we got to remember she was born after uh, the apocalypse. So she never saw what the Cumberland Farms looked like before the apocalypse, right? She she hasn't seen any of this stuff. So this is all I mean, like interesting to her. Yeah, and the poor girl has never had Ben and Jerry's. I mean, <laughs> that is true. Or, or a slushy from, from uh, Cumberland Farms. Yeah. Or icy. And that's why they have the conversation about when she talks about the airplane too, right? And where he, Joel is like, it's not as great as you think. And but oh, she, right. because she's never been on it, right? She's got the fanciful idea of how, how amazing it must be because you're flying. Right. And, 
And then he makes the point, which is, yeah, but it, that's what you say until you're in the in the center row of, of a, a you know third class, you know, where you're crushed, squished in, you know, yeah. which is kind of funny. But to her, this is like the most remarkable thing ever because it's like, wow, something we we could, you know, you know, Americans or, or just people could fly. That's awesome, you know. So yeah, it's kind of funny. Um, so well, yeah, I mean, that we do. We do take okay. those things for granted, and I've I've often found myself musing it, you know, cause and like, oh right, we're living in the future now. Um, I don't know. We don't have the flying cars, which I still think are a terrible idea. But um, you know, you think about you know all the luxuries we have. Just think about the cell phones that we walk around with, and for all the problems we can talk about with them, um, they are remarkable devices. Uh, I, I I can't think back to. And remember what it was like driving uh, down to uh, driving down to uh, Williamsburg, Virginia, without having a GPS, right? right. <laughs> having to do like a printed out map, or even worse, so those old folding maps. Yep. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and having to have a person sitting next to you reading <laughs> you the directions, or, or or you have to pull over uh, to open up the map, and then okay, I'm I'm going on the wrong way, or I'm going the right way. Uh, and it's interesting too that you bring all that up, Mike. Because uh, yesterday I was talking to my my younger, my oldest daughter. I'm sorry, nine years old. We're walking uh, out of the Apple Store back to the um, car from the mall, and I I turn on the press my key, you know, the car beeps, so you know the doors unlock and whatever. And I have to explain to her. I go, when we were kids, uh, even even just Twenty years ago, when I when I was twenty five or twenty six, whatever, I just would go over to the and I had to take a, a key, put the key in the door, unlock it, and then I told her about Windows, where you know you don't just press the button and the window goes down. We had to you know, and I, and I do the cranking motion for it, and she's like, "Wow, that's interesting, weird, that's weird," you know. So, yeah, just you know, so this girl here, uh, my versus my daughter, who's just curious about about keys in a car. And rolling down a window, this girl hasn't even seen a couple of farms or Ben and Jerry's, as you said, Mike. So this girl is really like, wow, this is all amazing. Everything's amazing. You know? Right, like I needed something for uh, my chemistry lab in, in, my, in, in school. And, you know, when I first started teaching, I would have had to like wait until the following year's budget. And I was able to just find it on Amazon for 12 bucks and order it myself. And it was just yeah. arrived today. Uh, yep. I ordered it Friday. You know, it's... Yep. You know, and here she is scavenging for tampons. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Um. So yeah, a lot of lot, huge differences. Huge difference. I mean, I mean, just back twenty something years ago when when we were all dating, um, and and whatnot, um, phone calls cost money. Now they cost nothing. You know. So yeah. back in the day, I would only be able to talk to the, you know my girlfriend or, or fiance or whatever, you know, whoever for, you know, 15 minutes and that's it, you know, and I, I versus now I could, you know, you could just speak for two hours. You can zoom for Christ's sakes. You know? Yeah. My pa- I couldn't talk to my parents when I'm at college away from them, you know, cause yeah. it costs too much money. They would have to call me and, you know, that was if I was at the place where the phone was. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Right. Oh, and, and, and back in the day, you remember when, when, we got lost. You don't have, like Mike said, you don't, not only don't you have a phone for GPS, but you can't call anybody. 
Right. You know, you know, and you had to listen to whatever was on the radio. You couldn't listen to podcasts or, you know, or, or YouTube or whatever. Or yeah, exactly. It's, it's crazy. Or that, you mentioned the phone. I remember going down. Um, I mean, like going on vacation, wherever my family and I would go. And my grandmother was always very, like, very protective of all the Italian women. And so my mother would always call her to let her know we arrived safe. What would she do? She'd call, collect, and right. my grandmother would pick up. Yep. And it was, yeah, there, you, uh, you have a collect call from Patricia. Will you accept the charges? No. And she'd hang up. And that's how she knew what she was saying. It's just because she made a collect call. Yep. You know, and if there was a problem, I'm sure there was a code, you know, will you take a you know, collect call from, from Martha, you know, and it's like, oh, something must be wrong. Well, I'll accept this one. That's how you got around right. being charged for those phone calls when all you were doing was basically sending that, that signal that saying, all right, I'm, I'm going to play you a 70s song and that means things are good. You know, yeah. it's, um, yep. <laughs> same, crazy. same basic idea. Yep. Oh, my God. So much difference from just. 15 years ago, never mind, 25 years ago. Um, right, well, thank you for listening to this uh, latest yeah, episode of the Nostalgia Cast. Yeah, yeah. Well, well it, you know, those were the days. It, it, yeah, exactly. Oh, I can sing that whole song. Mike is um, our Edith Bunker. Yeah, but... Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> girls were girls and men were men. So do I get to be meathead then? You'd yeah, make probably. a perfect meathead. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Anyway, let's get back to the show. We're, we're, we're way off now. So the the point was is that El, Ellie is just amazed about everything. And, she, I mean, just to understand of, about commodities and how it can go across the world in, in like, 24 hours. You, you know, I mean, I mean, everybody forgets. Like, here's another example, not, not to throw out another one, but like Valentine's Day, all the friggin' roses and tulips and all this shit that we get, the, a lot of that stuff is flown over from the Netherlands the same day. And so, by the time you get to the store to pick up the, your Valentine's Day stuff, that could have been in the Netherlands only eight hours earlier. I mean, and so this stuff is all. It, interesting to her because this is this is like amazing to her so the plane and all that um well my like my students don't understand what's so significant about being able to have watermelon in january without any seeds <laughs> yeah right right because we they can import it from, from mexico or Colombia or, or the mangoes are coming right from st kitts or whatever yeah so absolutely i know what you're talking about it's true um so all right so let's get back specific to the episode um now let's talk about well that's the thing is it's like it's just such a standalone episode that it really doesn't have anything well, to do with the real story so it's like what do we talk about really i mean well i mean it's a, a cumberland farms where they've set up a stash uh i'm going to assume uh given what we saw in the uh oh the gun and the wrench right the gun, right is that even the this gun is a, yeah. This is a place they've been to multiple times. He and Tess have been to multiple times. And he just couldn't remember where the stash was, which gives Ellie a chance to go wander around. Um, and he decides to leave the gun there because it's a, it's a large gun. Uh, but he doesn't have ammunition for it. Yeah. So, so what's the point? He may as well leave it behind and, fingers crossed, come back for it later. You know, Maybe we've found a little more additional ammo. But otherwise, why carry around a heavy, uh, a heavy gun when you don't got the bullets? 
Right, yep. right. And, and and hide it just in case you come back for it. Right. Yep. Yeah, so so that's first, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes of the episode I liked a lot because, again, it builds their relationship and it's it's zombie stuff and it's the post-apocalypse um, and it's our two lead characters and the, the characters that you know, the reason why we're, we're, I'm watching the show. Um, so I, I liked it a whole lot. I, I, I liked that first 15 minutes. And I felt the exposition moments weren't were really good because they make sense because you have a person that doesn't know anything and he's explaining it. And he's, so they're explaining it to us, too, the, the viewer. And it doesn't sound pandering to the viewer. It sounds like real. So I liked all that. Um, so... Yeah, yeah. Uh, having Ellie along helps a lot because it gives them a way to give exposition. Yeah, uh, w- without making it sound like they're giving exposition to the audience. Exactly. Um, without having that. Oh, as you know, Ellie, one exactly. in 2023. Yep, exactly. Uh, actually, it was 2003. 2003. And 2023 is is right. the present. Yeah. Um, I, w- I was talking reality, but that's okay. Gotcha. All right, so uh, what do we want to talk about? I, I, don't, I don't know what else to really talk about. Um, that, uh, well, I, mean, I think I, that's really all there is there. All that she says, yeah. like, are they nice? And he says Frank is. So it yeah. implies that Bill's an asshole even then. Um, <laughs> so there was probably something of that mutual feeling of, I, you know, I didn't like you. That, but, but that was at least there somewhat. Right. Um Right, and then that just takes us to, and they go right from the the the, the couple being taken away in the, the car, and the truck rather, not the couple, the mother and the child. I mean, maybe there were a couple. I don't know. I don't know what they were into, but uh, being taken away in the truck to that's setting them back to the time period where we meet Bill for the first time, and we meet Bill backlit by a, a monitor um, where he's clearly uh, a prepper of some sort. Um, and probably a conspiracy theorist, uh, and I think it's kind of confirmed later on. Um, and the thing is, when he realizes it's the end of the world, there's like giddiness, which which I which I found funny. So yeah, he was an uh, antisocial uh, person. What what was that last thing you said, Mike? He was kind of giddy. He was kind of happy yeah. that the end of the world oh, had arrived. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. 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 And then. I don't know if you guys listened to the podcast from the showrunners after the episode, but yeah, I did. they oh, talked uh, about yeah. with Nick Offerman and, or they mentioned about Nick Offerman in the role of, as Bill. And there's a sequence where they had written what he was thinking in his head. And Nick Offerman says, I'm just going to say this because this is what the character would say. And it's that jackboot comment that he makes as he's watching the, the soldiers take the people away. So it's yep. just it was just funny hearing like you know an actor doing a little improvisation and adding to that story, right? Yeah, yeah. And I I loved one thing about this whole story with with Bill and especially was it's the people that are the problem because nowadays you know everybody just rips their their country all the time whether it's our country US or Canada or, or any of our listeners you know there's always a lot of anti-patriotism nowadays but for bill it wasn't like that because bill understood the government and the people were the problem 
but he had the American flag on his house until the day he died, and he was a pro-American. It's and what America represented is what he felt. But he understood that the people who were leading the country or have taken over the country as as you know the government becomes more technologized and and owned by business and whatnot is different than the meaning of America or the country. So I like that because they could have just used this opportunity to bash the U.S. or any country or the world or whatever, but they don't. They bash the people. Well, let's that, keep in mind that criticizing is not always bashing either. Some people right. conflate. And, some people conflate the two. I also want right, to point but, out right, but, but but he wasn't. He doesn't uh, criticize the the nation. He criticizes the people that are running the nation, and I, I like that about this aspect of this character and him and the episode well, itself. He really wasn't much of a people person either. Um, right. One thing I'll point out is that that's he what is, I'm saying. He, right, right. He, he does have the Gadsden flag in his house, and the Gadsden flag, I believe in 2003, had not yet been co-opted by the um, some of the more radical elements that have that have tried to, to take it and uh, i still don't know if it has it, because some of that is propaganda too but but fair enough mike continue no they have it, it, it there there are certain groups that absolutely have co-opted it and taken it and then the question becomes well if a group of assholes takes the symbol that you've been flying for years and i've always liked the the gadsden flag because i've always liked the don't tread on me concept um, because to me, that's a, a big part of America and why we said fuck you to the metric system. Uh, it's like, oh, metric system makes sense. You're going to force us to take it. Fuck you. No, uh, we don't care if it makes sense. We don't want it because you told us we had to. Um, that's just that is just that belligerence is, is built in in American society. Um, and it's a character. But that's also now gone with some group of people who also decided to fly it, who also are, are, who are belligerent for, for other reasons uh, and maybe aren't the best people in the world. And the question is, well, do you let them have the symbol or do you take it back from them? And right. that is a bit of a debate. And it's not that everybody who's wearing flying that flag is uh, a racist asshole, but there's an awful lot of racist assholes who are flying that flag. And that's annoying. Right. But right, my point right, was but, simply that yeah, that is point. not who that character was because that's not what it was meaning at that time. Right, right. No, no, but but that that was my point, is that he, everything for him, I mean, some people even now just say that the American flag is, is racist, too. So, so I mean, you, you can, and whatever, it's, a lot of it's still propaganda, but my point is, is that he, I liked how his character looked at the, the symbols differently than the people. That that controlled the symbols. So because they could have used this any episode or this episode to say, oh, the American government and the army just killed everybody, what scumbags and whatever, which is true. But that's the the. But no, I I think you're reading a little too much into this because he did not like people. He did not like the government. He didn't trust anybody. I don't think he was entirely in his right mind. But oh, oh, there's no doubt he's insane. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm. I think he's cost a B personally, but that, well, he can't be that insane. Not if you build that awesome of a fire truck outside yeah, your home. Yeah, I don't think he's insane either. I mean, he's just got his own well, personality quirks. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Well, cost a B doesn't mean you're insane. It just means you have a a, 
of personality, a certain personality. No, I, don't, I don't think he's either of those. <laughs> Do you think he's neurodivergent? Phil's got one diagnosis, and it's cluster B. Oh, uh, oh, uh, he, oh! I, I think this guy was for sure, but no, that doesn't I mean he's a bad guy. That doesn't mean he's a bad guy. I'm not saying you're saying he's a bad guy. Yeah. I just don't okay. think he's he's diagnosable with that. I think he creates oh, right. his I'm big not a compound. Yeah. He's just he's just someone who likes to be alone. But yet the first opportunity to get rid of that guy, he lets him come in, and then he lets him stay because he's lonely. He didn't right. realize that he right. needed that companionship. I, I do think he has a behavioral before. health issue, though. He definitely has some sort of behavioral health issue. Oh, yeah. And, and it's also, I mean, and, and, and not that this is behavioral, he's also a gay man in 2003, uh, and that would not have been a thing that was easy for everyone to, to, to come out as, and uh, come out to his mother, come out to his family. Still is a problem now, uh, but even more of a problem then. Yeah. So, um, you know, so that that was another reason for him to kind of come and hide. And that's also what gives uh, Frank kind of a clue, right? That here's this man who's living with his mother, uh, who's got the Linda and Ronstadt. And he listens to Linda Ronstadt, exactly. <laughs> oh, and I, and I knew as soon as, as, soon as uh, I, I was pretty sure it's going that way. And then as soon as there was Linda Ronstadt, uh, you mentioned he was in his mother's house. I uh, said, oh, the, who, those, those, oh, those, are my, those, are, those are my mother's. And he goes, oh, no, so, this is just okay. So you have a, a single guy living with his mom who likes Linda Ronstadt. I think I know where this is going. See, uh, I, I, I was clueless, but it all makes sense after it happened. But but uh, as it was happening, I was still clueless. So w- well done, Mike, that you were. The other funny thing, there's like a side note, is the sequence <laughs> when they're singing the song and playing the piano, the actor who plays Frank is actually like he can sing, but he intentionally sings terribly. <laughs> and then when you look at him, you think he would be the singer. And then you have Nick Offerman's character. You would think wouldn't be a great singer, right? Or you wouldn't expect it. Maybe. And he's a better piano then, player too. And he's a piano player in the yeah, they both. And yeah, yeah. So it was like playing with the expectations, which was kind of funny, but just the fact that like they said, the actual actor like is actually a good singer. But it just like right. went out of his way right. to be I mean, absolutely I mean, it, terrible. It, it's funny too. It was one of those things that I was thinking of uh, last night after I was watching it. The percent chance that two people would both be able to know how to play the piano, and I'm not saying they were good piano players, but to actually have been taught somewhat is so rare. So obviously that was a little contrived, but but it works well for what they were trying to get through with the story. Yeah, I felt. Yeah, um, and and yeah, choosing Linda Ronstadt was was, was a, a excellent point to to make it more and also I guess, obvious song, for Frank. Isn't it? What, what's that? It's the seventies song, isn't it? Oh yeah, everything by Linda Ronstadt is sixties or seventies. Yeah, but what yeah, I'm but saying, so like, it has a different context than if they played an eighties song or chosen an eighties song for yes. that, right? Yes. Well, the 70s also was in their code, was like, I think a new supply is coming in, and so singing that song when someone new is joined. Yeah. So, so that's what I mean, is that like that, so there's a reason yeah. why they chose that, but also just the idea of talking about the idea of love and having yeah. someone that you love that's unrequited and never gets, you never get the love. Like you right. just love from right. afar and that's it. There's well, no right. happy ending, there's no... It's, it's kind of interesting the whole thing too because when i was a kid i grew up in the 
as I was a young, you know, like my daughter's age, I was that age in the seventies and my brother and sister were, were five and seven years older than me and, or, or nine and seven years older than me, I think actually. And, um, they, my sister was Linda Ronstadt in disco and my brother was the who and, and Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin. And they used to fight all the time over the, the types of music they listened to. And so when Linda Ronstadt appeared, it made sense that what you said, Mike, that that's why you were saying, okay, I see where this is going because, you know, it, it's like, Oh, that's, that's what my system listened to not the cool stuff like my brother, you know? So uh, I think it worked well there, but you were saying something, Sean, before, or was it you, Mike, that uh, before I was uh, bringing that point up? Well, I was going to say well, it was just, a, with an episode titled like long, long time. I was kind of surprised I didn't do Rocket Man. <laughs> Oh, that yeah, that's a good point, Mike. Yeah, actually, I, when he started singing the song, I actually thought he switched from Monster to Elton John because he actually sounded pretty good, like Elton John, when he was singing. But then, it, then I heard the song. It's like, okay, yeah, no, this is actually the Linda Ronstadt song. So that, that's a that's a good point too. And uh, Sean, you were going to say something? No, I just the the, the showrunners talked about when they were trying to choose the song. Yeah, they didn't want to something get something that was just well known, overused. They want to try and get something different, and I think. Well, that's, uh, that's a Mason. pretty famous song. I mean, Linda Ronstadt is kind not, of one of those not, weird like, artists. Not something that... that we would know, like or like a younger generation would be aware of, right? I don't know too many people around me who would, would be listening to Linda Ronstadt, right? Yeah, oh, that, well, that's Linda Ronstadt is not somebody that uh, somebody under 30 would know. Right, right. Yeah. She, she, maybe so under has 35. It, she, hasn't, she hasn't aged as well as, as some uh, 70s musicians, that's for sure. But their point was that the reason they wanted to choose something that was more obscure yeah. is because it's just easy to go to, to go to songs and they wanted to choose something different. And it was, I think he contacted one of his friends and his friend just like, Oh, this is the song. And you know, I, I, then, I st- that's a weird comment though, because it's not an obscure song. It, it's not a common song that younger people may know, but it's not, but that, a that's song. a pretty big song. It's, it's not, not a song you hear on the radio every day, though, or every every week, right? It's a song that you would you would have to be it's listening to. It's a song that's going to be easy to get the rights to. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not like Dolly Parton because they could have gone with Dolly, and Dolly songs would be cost way more because she's still huge. While Linda Ronstadt said, "Yeah, she's pretty much um, her career pretty much started fading out." And like, not be smirching her talent. It's just her status. Oh well, well, no, no, she just just faded out like a lot of folks do. And then she, I like think we she, all, uh, like we all do. Yeah, and then yeah. I think her voice went down the tubes too. Something happened to her voice, similar to Julie Andrews. So, um, so that that's more like it. It's not, it, it, you know, it's not because of talent necessarily. While Dolly or someone like that it has has been able to uh, continue on and, and still be pretty popular, if not um, the the number one singles that she, you know Dolly used to do she's still pretty pretty huge and she became an icon while Linda Ronstadt was an icon for for five or six years period while Dolly's still huge so it, it's good that they chose well, Linda Ronstadt because she's big Linda enough Ronstadt. that people know the name but she's not like big anymore what was that Mike? I said Dolly had two advantages over Linda Ronstadt well that is fair that is fair yes yes um, and, and, and Dolly, um, I, I know, um, yeah, I, I won't even say it. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I was just, yeah, I'll say it. I'll say it. I'll say it. Uh, Linda Ronstadt, um, 
unfortunately had some trouble with weight and, and she had a lot of problems with that for her whole life after she hit like a certain age and she struggled with it and, and it's well known. It's not, I mean, she even has talked about it. So, um, like a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of women singers, um, their looks are, can be as important as their voice and their talent. Um, so that's, that's just an unfortunate truth. Um, all right. So what else we want to talk about this bill? Oh yeah. So Bill and Frank, um, uh, have dinner and, and yeah, and, and, you know, they become lovers, whatever. And then they flash forward quickly because they're supposed to be only stay like for a few more days. Bill just skims over that. Well, they kind of skimmed over it too in, in the show, right? Well, they make, they, they let some shower. He's going to chase them away. Uh, they sleep together. But, <laughs> yeah. And then, then like they find out well, it's his first time. So, you, you know, yeah. So he loses his virginity to Frank. Um, well, that's not true. He said, he said, he said he, 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 he did it with a girl once when he was younger. Okay. He loses his male virginity or whatever homosexual virginity. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. He crosses yeah. that. He crosses that that particular barrier, right? right, right. Um, and, and then we do find out that they just date together, um, right? And he's talking. Fast forward a few years, and they're talking, and he's not being. Things are getting more set up, more elaborate, right? He's got the radio control fence, and um, that's when we find out that Frank has been communicating with Tess. Over the yeah. radio, and yep. they're going to have guests. He's having a dinner party. Yeah, um, and that brings Tess back. So we did wonder. I th- did we talk about that last week about her possibly coming back in a flashback? Yes, yes. We wondered whether she would or not. Well, yep. I think we found the answer. So um, we got an answer, <laughs> right? And we also got a, a further answer that their relationship was most certainly not just platonic. No. Yeah. And this is where I think it's like, this is what over there was jumping back. But at the start of the episode, it starts off with Joel, you know, doing his grieving for Tess. Right. And that's why he does that rock cairn thing where he builds it by the the river as like a, you know, kind of out of respect. Right. Oh, that didn't occur to me. Yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the thing is, is like, you're showing just how much, Again, another loss. Someone that was super close to him that he lost. Right? And yep. so that's where I think it's going to, again, that situation with his relationship with Ellie is going to be that much more important because he's already lost anyone he's got attached to, really. Right? Aside from his brother. Right. Right. Yep. Now, Barry, you were about so to, 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 to add to that? So. No, I'm good. I'm good. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Nothing else needs to be added to it. <laughs> right, right. But but we 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 do learn that um uh Bill, yeah, Tess and Frank uh become really, you know, buddies and then um and are the ones that are really doing the trading because um Bill doesn't trust outsiders and Joel's basically just making sure no one gets shot because Bill's a little um is Bill. And, um, but this shows you how they become friendly, uh, or how he knows Bill basically. And the reason why they're heading to Lincoln in the first place is because Bill has things. 
Well, I think but, after they get attacked, he grows to respect him um, just because he had warned them, you know, there are going to be people coming to try and take this. Yes. And, yes, that is true. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And uh, yeah, yeah. So that, that kind of sets up to um, exposition for us, too. I mean, even though it's specific to Bill and whatnot, it really lets us know that, OK, this they're going to do the go the evil dead, not the evil dead, the, um, the walking dead route, which is people are going to be a problem as much as um, the zombies. Um, I actually like this because the way he builds up his little compound and everything just seems smarter than anything we see in the walking dead. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, and that's the thing is that, I mean, it could be a little contrived too, because this guy is like it is, but a a, a genius when it comes to uh, all this defense, electronics, and yeah, keeping yeah, the power up, and right, turning on, well, going to the local power plant, turning on the the emergency gas, yeah, uh, so that way you know he could have, which is going to last him years because it's emergency gas for the entire town, right? But you know he's the only one using it. Yep. So there, there's a lot that goes there, a little bit maybe stretching credibility. I don't know how effectively you're going to be able to uh, build this sort of wall of fire that's surrounding his house uh, in that right. uh, in that one scene, um, which it would, was pretty freaking awesome. Uh, but I also don't know how effective that's really going to be at stopping people from getting in because, you know, I'm, I'm sure some vehicles still work, or somebody's going to be able to get one. And how hard yeah, is it to, to right ram through. down a fence? Right. Yep. Oh also yeah. The fire yeah. thing too is this to deal with the infected, right? Yeah. So that's another aspect of it is that it's the fire is what you use to get rid of the infected if you right. have a chance. Because in the game, it's right. if you can get a flamethrower or you can do a Molotov cocktail, that's more effective than trying to use your pistol. Right. Also, also, also in the game, um, his zone of defense, Bill's zone of defense, is much huger. So yeah. you wouldn't be able to drive a truck up to that fence and ram it like you just suggested, Mike. In the game, because in the game he has booby traps and 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 landmines and all this other shit all over the place. Um. But well, yeah, that so, and this too. I just but that makes it more incredibly ridiculous too when you think about it. What's that, Mike uh, Barrett? I just he had that much defense. They just didn't go through all the time of showing it because sure. they show the one point where the zombie gets shot in the head and all that. Um, oh yeah, that's right. And he's eating yeah. a nice dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's enjoying it. That's which was a very, if I remember correctly, was um a sort of, there was a uh, scene like maybe it was early in the. Uh, the flashback where he's sitting there eating the his rabbit. dinner um, his alone. And it really felt like if you watch Parks and Recreation, a very Ron Swanson moment where he's yeah. at his, uh, his birthday dinner watching Bridge on the River Kwai. Uh, and it very much felt felt like that. Uh, David Lane is steak. Best film ever. So, um, it, Phil, I'm telling you, you would love Ron Swanson. Um, yeah, I think you would, Phil. <laughs> Was that the character but, this actor yes. plays? Oh, yeah. Parker yeah. Rec, yeah. Okay. He has a landmine on his desk facing outward. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> oh, that's weird. Um, 
And anyway, so uh, he's surprised by Frank, who's created a gun for some strawberry seeds and who's growing some strawberries. And uh, he's, he's like, you you created wait one of my guns. It's a little one. A little one. <laughs> right, right. I, I, I was impressed he didn't flip out because it, they were making it look like he was going to flip out, but he was very impressed with the strawberries. So that was pretty cool. Well, right, but it's a also, softening of his character too, right? It's a softening of the character. It's a sign of of romance and and affection. Um, and so I appreciated that. And uh, and but then of course they have the uh the moment where they say, uh. You know, I'm sorry, I'm older than you. Yeah. Uh, so they're setting yeah, Frank, us up to think Frank is that he's older, going right? to die first. Yes. Yeah. Right. And yep. then that's when the the we get the attack that night or or within that that yeah. uh, that window. Yeah, it was kind of sure weird enough, that that bill was was just standing out in the open. I didn't understand that. That was weird. Because that's how he he got shot, right? If he, if he had been on top of the roof behind the chimney, shooting at them, picking them off. But for some reason, I mean, it was just weird that he would be standing out in the middle of the driveway or road where they could shoot him as a target, and that's how he got shot, basically. Because Frank comes running out to help, and he's distracted by Frank. But even if he wasn't distracted by Frank, they still could have shot him because he's just wide right wide out in the open. And so I thought that was. Kind of silly, but I did like how they show how Bill is looks like he's going to die, and then they flash forward a few years, and you, you see the silhouette of two people, one being wheeled out in a wheelchair, and you find out, and, and you think it's Bill, but it's not. They they had flip flopped. It's kind of interesting, yeah. Right, yeah. and so and then that, then that it's is... a question of what if uh, Frank's character has MS or ALS. And the showrunner said they didn't want to specify, but that's basically what they're hinting at. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I, I just didn't I didn't know what was going on. Uh, I honestly, because I, I wasn't even sure how old either the characters were. So, but yeah, you're right. That makes sense that it would be something de- de- debilitating. Because what they're saying too, like what the showrunner said, is they wanted alone. to show that like. This is what happens as people break down. So if you're going to manage to stay old, like, you know, last long enough, sooner yeah. or later your body's going to break down on you. And so what they're showing, they wanted to get the idea was of the fact that, like, you thought that Frank, the young guy, younger guy, because he seemed yeah. younger than Bill, yeah. would be the one who would be caretaking for Frank or for Bill. But no, it's you find right. out that his body gives up on him basically. And then right. that leads to the sequence at the end where he asked for he asked Bill to give him one last good day. This this surprised me this whole scene because in the game they don't appear to be that old. While in 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 the uh, TV show they actually have them they age all the way to, to all the yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They started them up as much older in the in the show so they could get to the point where they are senior citizens. Uh, while in the video game, I was pretty much convinced that Bill was the same age as Joel, to be honest. Yeah, not too far off. Of yeah, exactly. So they changed that up big time. Um, I really like Also, oh, I was just going to say one last thing go before you go on. Uh, also, another thing, too, is that now that you don't have general checkups, 
there's an apt to have in, in medicine, you're you're more apt to to die younger in this world, even if you don't get infected. Yeah, um, because no you know, treatments, you know, right? Yeah, yeah. There's no treatment. I mean, how do you how do you do colonoscopies or how do you do you know you know heart palpitations and or, or Alzheimer's? You know, it's you have to be in a right? quarantine zone. That's what you'd hope, right? Yeah, right. And even out, there. You Even know, there, they won't have the same technology because, I mean, if you can't fly planes anymore, who says that they still have uh, x-ray machines, you know, or, or things like that that work? Who knows, you know? So that's a fair point, too. Uh, you can say something, Barrett. I was just going to say I really liked their relationship. It didn't feel hackneyed. It felt just yeah. good. I mean, it felt it really worked for me, and I bought into it, and they did a really good job acting it out. So it, it really worked for me. So while this episode, yeah, they they die in the end. I really like the episode, but again, what we were saying earlier is still true that, you know, now they're dead. So there's just really one episode about them. Yeah. The other thing I liked that the nice touch was that it wasn't too, um, I guess over the top or whatever, when Bill is talking with Frank and Frank is saying, you know, I've had bad days. I've had bad days with you, but I've also had more good days with you than I've ever had with anyone else. Right, and I thought yeah. that was a nice way to to phrase it. Right, yeah, he's right, not right. saying that. Lo- you know, it's not saying oh everything's flowery and we've had perfect time the whole time. No, they argue and fight just like what happens in relationships. And right. as you go, grow older, that's you know that's you don't have that love period or whatever, the super romance period forever because it's not sustainable. But you have you grow into that your your situation, your roles with your relationship and you will have moments that are, you know, you challenge each other and moments you argue. Right. And so it just gave it that kind of, you know, fullness, I guess that, you know, they aren't saying it just, everything was perfect for them. It was far from that, but they're willing to acknowledge that the, you know, that even with the bad stuff that happened, there were still more good days than bad. Right. Well, I can even imagine, even if you're lucky enough to marry your best friend, whether, you know, and I'm talking about, you know, normal heterosexuals, never mind, in this case here, in this show, even even if you do marry your best friend, you're still going to have days where you're going to argue about just, you know, squabble. So, yep. yeah, so this relationship felt real. Um and and I do believe they were probably best friends. So it it, it definitely makes um, um, sense that the whole thing was 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 real. It felt really real. So I, I concur and I think with. It's you pretty good when too. you look at it that that was all in one episode. Yeah. 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 Right. 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 Yeah. That's I mean. I mean. They had to. They had to do the jump forward, and and the jump forwards worked, and they aged the characters up. Uh, where it looked real, it wasn't terrible, like like as Mike mentioned in Prometheus, where you could tell that it was like oh, I got this terrible, or Godfather Three terrible makeup. Um, they did it really well, and also they they weren't to the point of too old, because again, no. like you said, Sean, uh, he had uh, Lou Gehrig's disease or or MS or something, and he you could say argue he was probably in his sixties at that point, and Bill was a few years older, probably late sixties. And um, at that point, uh, he he was gonna, um, you know, if 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 Frank was gonna go, Bill decided it was time for him to go too because, yeah, you know, I I mean, I don't I don't know if I believe it because 
a lot of people want to still live, but I, I also can see, I mean, I've heard plenty of stories where it's you know, like my, actually my uncle and, and uh, aunt, when my uncle passed, my aunt died just a few months later. So, and she was, and that um, happens uh, often, right? Yeah. Especially yeah, if they've been, yeah. if the couple's been together for a long time. Yeah. The yeah, one, one passes. Yeah. Another one doesn't always last very much longer because right. you've, you've spent so much and put so much of your life with that other person and then they're gone. Yeah, you got, I mean, you could hope that you find someone else, but, you know, or just in dear. that's a piece of you, right? Yeah, because like my father, my my mom passed away in her early 70s, and my grandfather, my grandmother, too, on, on my each each patriarch and my truck side. And, and then they outlasted their spouse for for years. Um, yeah. But, but like you said, a lot of times you, you have the, you have the, this type of scenario as well. Um, well, so, yeah, go on, Mike. You know, I do wonder if, well, first of all, what is there to live for after this, right? He's, he's old. Yeah. There is no modern medicine. Uh, he, he doesn't have many years left, if you know, you're even in years. Um, but what's he going to do? What is yeah. he living for, right? There's, there doesn't seem to be any, uh, ironically, hope for a cure change the world he didn't like the way the world was before so he doesn't have any desire to see it go back um he is surviving to survive um that may be enough though in a lot of cases well no being in that relationship made him realize it wasn't though i think yeah that was the thing right yeah he he might have been okay if he had never met him and he had been there then he would have just lived to live but once he met that guy and learned to love him that was it yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's true in his case for sure. Some other people may be you still have to endure, you know, and there's still maybe. May uh, well, yeah, like, like for example, if a spouse passes and the other spouse lives for another ten, fifteen years, they still have other people to love, like say their children or their siblings, you know. But he didn't so, have anyone. Right, right, right. Or, or their best friend that you know, and whatever. So, yeah. So for this guy, maybe you're right. Maybe it was like. You know what? There's nothing else. This is it. It doesn't matter. It becomes like the situation where Frank became his world, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. And then if you take that world away, then he goes back to what it was before. And you can right. you go back to being right. how you were before? And some right. people can and some people can't. Right. Also, I'm kind of glad they didn't explain what was wrong with Frank. Because if he, because again, this is a touchy subject, and, and I'm surprised this episode didn't say if you plan to suicide, you know, here's a phone number and whatnot. Because that was a, that, I mean, this is a huge topic for this episode, which everybody yeah. seems to forget. There's doubt two suicides, and I'm glad they didn't specify Frank's illness because that would make people think, like, get upset because hey, well. well you know, you can still live with MS or Lou Gehrig's disease or whatever. And, you know, there's no right to, for, to or even Alzheimer's for that matter. So they didn't show it. So, but they they made it sound like there was pain and suffering, and with no medicine in this world where there's no medicine, it just came to a point where it was just too many bad days. And when I say bad days, I'm not talking about with Bill or with life in general, but with the pain. Yeah. And 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 so that's the reason why. Um, he chose Frank chose suicide and that, you know, I, I just can't take the pain anymore, Bill. 
and so I'm glad they went that way. But I am actually shocked that uh, they they didn't mention the, the suicide thing at the, at the at the beginning because that's very common nowadays to to do that. No, that's a fair point. Well, uh, I have I have thoughts as to why. Um, because it's used in Asia. Uh, what? Oh, um, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. You know, and they may be viewing it differently than someone who dies, you know, commits suicide out of out of, out of despair, which we're not allowed to say. We have to say they died by suicide because we have to remove any agency from it whatsoever. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Right, right. Um, what else? Um, oh, so yeah, let's talk about the the last uh, the the Ellie and Joel story again. Um, because the letter, we talked a little bit about the letter, but the letter, um, is important because again, that's going to make, it, it lets us know more about Joel. It kind of has Ellie soften a big time, um, because she knows what Tess meant and probably these two people kind of meant to, Joel too, because I mean, even though Bill was was a stinker, and Joel can be a stinker, you know, two people that he thought he was coming to see, they're dead now, and they suicided. So I I felt it was a good moment because it's going to make them become the father daughter that we know that they were going, as you said, Mike. Um, But they didn't just jump on it right away. Because he's still grieving over Tess, and she and Ellie's smart enough to understand that, so Ellie just softens big time and just agrees with everything he says because um, this isn't the time to be a stinker. So I like that a lot. Um, well, nothing will quite develop that father-daughter relationship so much as driving in the car, fighting over what to listen to on the radio. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, that that was funny. That uh, uh, Joel says, "Yeah, this is pretty good. Okay, I like it," uh, because she didn't want to listen to the music at first. But once he starts hearing it, whether he really liked Linda's not run set or not doesn't matter. The point is, is that it's music from his past, and and it brings back before the apocalypse. Well, it's Ellie who wanted to listen to it originally, and then she's as she's listening to it, she goes, eh, "I guess it'll have to do." And she actually, so she was the one that was like all excited to hear it. And then when she starts hearing it, it's just like, Ugh. I thought that was kind of cute. It was funny. Um, but yeah, that sucks. They, they only have the one tape. God damn it. And, and it was a little coincidence. It was that one song too. But <laughs> but it was his truck, wasn't it? Was It, it was Bill's truck. So if he had Linda Rodstadt... Then it makes sense that that's what the tape would be. Yep. No, no, I don't mean that. I mean it was that oh. specifically the one song. Oh, oh playing yeah. on that. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah he might play. Fun. He yeah. might play that over and over again. <laughs> that's true too. That is true. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Uh, anything else anybody want to bring up? We could just talk about how Ellie sneaks the gun. Oh yeah, that that was a good uh, Chekhov's gun. Yeah, Literally, yeah. in this case. Yes. Literally, yes, yes, yeah. So there was a Chekhov's gun, gun from from the yeah the Frank's gun from the flashback, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah so she does get a gun. Uh, so it'll probably come. Obviously, it's going to be important at some point, and it's going to have yeah. to do with her saving 
Joel most likely or, or shooting something is my guess that Joel isn't expecting. But that's fine. And she'll I, save him. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Um, and I think anybody anybody who's familiar with the game understands where that's going well. I wonder if anybody who's not familiar with the game, if they're just thinking, like, is she using the gun for protection against him or not? You know, I don't think anybody's going to really... I think she just wants a gun because she doesn't want to have to depend on him. Right. Because, as they pointed out last episode, she may be immune to a bite. They could still tear her to shreds. Yeah, Tess says that to him. That's what Tess says to him. They're not slow. (laughs) And the point is... They're not slow. Yeah. And they point out in the first episode, there are raiders and and slavers and other things out there that are arguably worse than the the zombies. In fact, whatever they're called. Yeah, yeah, because they can actually think, unlike the the zombies, and so they they can be more dangerous. They can think, they can rape. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, But it's just funny that both Joel and Tess had repeatedly rebuked her attempts to get a gun. Yeah. And so this explains why she has her little secrecy when she does find Frank's gun. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So it'll, it'll play an important thing. Yeah. In the upcoming whenever. episode, because otherwise what's the point? Yeah. Why do you have a check off if, if you're not going to use it? <laughs> but it was just even the moment, like, again, as we're wrapping up the, the, the letter that Bill has left for Joel, because he assumes Joel's the only one who's going to read it. Right. right. And he talks about, you know, that I never liked you. You never liked me. We blah, 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 blah. But then he mentions the stuff about being a protector and that that idea that he assumed that Joel would be protecting Tess. And it's, so it's another moment where Joel is, you know, jarred and he actually walks out of the house. Right. Yeah. I loved how she read. He says, yeah, you can read the letter out loud. And so she does. And then she she stops and, and says, you, you should probably read this part because yeah. she doesn't want to mention Tess's name because she knows not to talk about Tess. Um, and then he takes it, yeah, and he walks outside and he, because there's a chance that he could break down and he doesn't want to break down in front of her, yeah. Ellie. And, and then, uh, yeah, he crumples the letter up. Um, and then he gives her the three rules, which is just like in the actual game. Yeah. And the... You, you know, the the third rule is you do as I say. Don't and feed the zombies after Ellie, midnight. Yeah. <laughs> but I like that even Ellie doesn't repeat it properly. Right. She she changes what she says. She yeah, she just says, uh when he says, Repeat what I just said, she simply says, uh, whatever you say goes or something like that. Yeah, and yeah. he lets it so, go. <laughs> but and then just the, he also mentions don't we don't need to share our histories. Right. Yeah. Well, that, and that that I could see why he said that was because the less he knows of her, she's just a commodity. Yes. Versus less attached. Yeah, less attached. Exactly. But of course, you know, we all know that, as you said, Mike, from the beginning, we know this is going to be a father daughter thing. So it's not like, but it's it's uh, they they have to build up to it and 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 whatnot. So. All right. Uh, anything else anybody want to bring up? Just thought it was, you know, for, for a one-shot episode, you still got some progression of the story overall, but you also, for characters that we're never going to see again, you know, it was a pretty good 
uh, it was done very well. Because there, I mean, we've talked about where you can have one shots or whatever, where it doesn't doesn't feel right, doesn't fit, doesn't make sense. Right. Well, and it was weird too. Episodes. It, it, right. Well, and technically, this is kind of a filler episode, even though it was a great story, because they they don't really they show the only part of the flashback that really besides you know how they how Joel knows these guys is to explain basically that the army shot all those people, right? Because there's not really nothing else about the apocalypse and explaining for the audience to understand what's going on, except for the fact that there's also people that are bad because Joel brings that up to Bill. So there's only like two things. The the army killed a bunch of people and therefore the society is crumbled and why it crumbled and watch out for people. And that's it. That are that specific to the rest of the story that's going forward. Otherwise it's truly just a standalone episode that, um, doesn't really move the story forward. And it's interesting because it, it still was a good episode, even if, as you said, Mike, it wasn't what we were expecting or, or, or wanting, which is zombie action. So. Well, again, I'm only speaking for myself. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I know from looking at feedback, a lot of people love this episode and that's fine. And again, I think it's a, it was a very well told love story. Um, it's just, again, not typically the reason why I'm tuning in. And I want to remind everybody that there were certain complaints by certain people and certain filmmakers when Walking Dead started complaining, where are the zombies in my zombie show? Where's well, just, just a soap opera? And then people are now going, oh, my God, what a wonderful love story. It's like, hello. Um, this is what you were saying The Walking Dead was 10 years ago. But you know, anyway. Well, yeah, I, I could see some people complaining and saying this is because I was thinking a little bit too because I, I, as you know, Mike, and you know, used to fight me about it in in a, a friendly manner. I used to always say, "Oh, The Walking Dead is just it's pissing me off because it's just more soap opera than zombies or or this or that." And you said, "No, it's about people." And so you could argue that this episode was either soap opera or just about people. But the question is, since these people we won't see ever again. Did it really matter or not? And well, especially this early in the show. Anyway, this is not like in the old days where you'd have twenty six episodes in a season. Right, right. Um we're still we still barely even know the, the two lead characters, and you're giving us I feel like we know these two characters better than we know the leads that we've followed for the last two shows. Uh in some ways. So it's just it's just weird to devote this much time this soon to them. I understand where this comes in the game, and you're you're on a very narrow timeline. The game, if you're following the game, you're not going to have a whole lot of uh, places to to uh, expand. When when an opportunity comes along, you take it, and this just happens to be where this opportunity hits. Um, but it just it just feels odd. Because I'm still getting a handle on the series and where the series is going and what its overall flavor and tone is going to be. And you've had three, to me, very, very different kind of episodes uh, so far. And I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I did want to point out, I completely forgot to mention two things. One, you mentioned uh, the relationship between uh, Joel and Tess. And when he's having that conversation with Bill, 
he stops himself from from admitting the relationship. And we know the last episode she said, um, you know, that, that he wouldn't want to, you know, it, something about acknowledging their feelings or feel the same way. But also he says, I, you know, I'll protect. And he was going to say my whatever he was going to say, but then he just changed it, protect mine. You know, you take care of I, I think that's him just trying to protect his own. Well, I think uh, I think they're saying if that she go, if she disappears on him. Well, I just, think he also limited how close he was willing to, to get to anybody he was getting to her. Or so I don't know if they ever ended up having a physical relationship, but I suspected he never was willing to admit how he felt about her, where yeah, she probably right. like confessed to him. But the right. other thing I just well, loved, and I've read saying this because of, I'm afraid I'm going to trigger something, um, is the argument that they were uh, Frank and Bill were having. And just the exchange where he said, you know, not everybody in the government is fascist. He's like, no, they are all fascists. He said, well, yeah, they are now, but they weren't then. Right. Um, I, I just got to kick out of that because, yeah, because uh, that, they're, that they're arguing over what things were like in the world 20 years ago. Yeah, actually, it was three years ago, I think. Was that, it that? that was, I don't think yeah, it was that, 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 that was the, the three-year flash forward from 2000. Oh, yeah, actually, you're right. It was 13 years because I think it was t- – I think yeah. I, I don't know, but you're right. It was longer than three because it was three years after they were a couple, but Bill was still already alone many years before even Frank showed up. So yeah, it's, it's longer than three years. You're right. So it was like probably 13 years prior. Um, but it shows you also the, the difference between the two men, right? One's an oh, optimist, yeah. and one one is just a a pessimist. Um, and also, I, I I think they did have a sexual relationship, both Tess and um, Joel, and were boyfriend-girlfriend, even if he refused, because Bill wrote it in the letter as if they were, because Tess probably told Frank that, yeah, he's, you know, we're, we're together as a couple. Well, that's how she felt about him. And Right, but, but they probably – they whether that's true or not, it was true. Even though if he wouldn't ever say it, they were living together – they were together for what, probably ten, fifteen years, maybe before she died. So, even if he says he doesn't say it, she's saying it, and for all intentional purposes, it's a common law relationship. Even if he refuses to say say it, and well, I think depends the re- on what they were doing together, and that we're not entirely sure of. But I'm guessing, based off of that letter, they they were. That's because- his understanding of the relationship. Yeah, it makes he, sense because again, Tess probably told Frank that yeah, me and him are we live together, we, we're having a sexual relationship. Whatever. That's I mean, we don't see her say that, but that's what my guess is, is what she possible. probably said. To him, you know, but yeah, yeah, I, I really think it's because he just doesn't want to get close to people, or, or at least think he's close to people, even if he is, because he's losing people left and right in his past, you know, his daughter and all that other stuff, and he doesn't want it to happen again. Um, but of course it does test eyes and, and even though he never would say it, everybody knows, you know, if you know what I'm saying, if not married in common law way, at least best friends. Right. I mean, you would have to agree with that at least, right? Mike, that, that they're, Oh yeah, they were, they were certainly a close companionship. I just don't know how far that relationship actually ended up going because from what we saw, um, he's not he, he's not vocally reciprocating those feelings, but whether he did it physically, I don't know. Right. Uh, anything else anybody want to bring up? 
I think we did a pretty good job on that episode. Yeah, yeah, I think so. All right, so uh, let's get my final thoughts on the episode. Um, uh, just a, qu- a quick thing before we do. Uh, as we stated before, we have a bunch of other podcasts that you can listen to that we talk about uh, genre movies. Uh, the main one is the Dark Discussions podcast that comes out weekly that talks about a genre film, so horror, sci-fi, thrillers, whatever, um, whether they're big-budget Hollywood films or indie films, uh, whatever fits our fancy we talk about. Um, so we'll talk about films like Nope, that got a direct release to theaters, all the way to some independent film that's only on VOD, like Scary on the 63rd Street, was it? I forget what it was called. But Scary is 61st, not that we want anyone actually watching that movie. Right, right. But my point was, is that from a... Except a, out of like a of, sense of, we had to deal with it. Yeah. You do but, my point, but my point was, is, is that from a big budget film like Nope to a, a film with no budget at all, uh, like <laughs> Scary on 61st Street. Uh, so check us out there. So uh, let's go uh, around. Uh, so let's start with you, Barrett. Your thoughts on uh, this episode? I like this episode. I thought it was really good. Um, very enjoyable watch. The story was well done. Acting well done. I'm looking forward to next week's episode. All right. Sounds good. Uh, yeah, for me, uh, I would concur with uh, what Barrett said. And uh, I'm definitely looking forward for more Joel and Ellie's story. And I think we're going back there. So that's good. Um, and I did like uh, the preview where she sm- they, they, they brew some coffee and she smells it and thinks it's like terrible. So that was kind of cute. So I'm looking forward to that, to seeing that next episode or <laughs> whatnot. But uh, either way, um, yeah, looking forward to the next episode. And uh, yeah, this was a good episode, even if it was more of a standalone rather than uh, a main plot to what we're going forward to uh, this season. Uh, let's go for you, uh, Sean. Yeah, I enjoyed the episode. I think like we started, it was said at the start of the uh, our episode here, it held up to the quality of the previous few episodes uh, as a one-shot. I thought it was enjoyable, and uh, I've really enjoyed these first three episodes so far. All right, sounds good. And Mike? Yeah, it was a fine episode. It's, again, not what I'm looking for at this particular moment. Um, I kind of think that in the early part of a series, you should stay focused on the the story and the main characters, but given that they didn't, the, the episode that we had, I liked a lot. Um, I think there was a lot there in that uh, that love story between those two, the the two actors. Um, sold it, sold it very well. Uh, Nick Offerman, I know is uh, well, I know he's married. I, I presume he's a he, happily he's, married he, man. He's a heterosexual. The other actor is actually um, LGBTQ. But, um. But yeah, like I said, I've been a fan of his for a long time, and I don't know why when he's giddy, especially when he's giddy over something twisted, like setting people in fire, it just makes me laugh. Uh, so uh, I, I enjoyed him here. I enjoyed this story. Um, but yeah, and certainly I, I understand why the critics liked it, because it's the, the least video gamey out of everything. So I'm just hoping we get back to basics next week. Right. It is interesting that you made that point, Mike, about critics and, and what makes them decide what's the best episode. And uh, again, though, you, you know, you figure people who are watching a horror show wouldn't necessarily pick this episode as the best if they're looking for horror. So, um, but again, well, that's yeah, probably I, why they liked it the best, because it wasn't the horror episode. Which is odd. Yeah, right, right. Which is kind of weird because, again, the point of watching the show is because of the horror 
aspect, I would think, even more so than these warm heart stories but, on, on the sides. But, but the critics are watching it because they have to, to review it. That is a fair point. Yeah, that's a good point. Yep. All right. So, uh, once again, uh, this is uh, The Rise of the Cordyceps Infected. Uh, there's no uh, total viewership for this one yet. Uh, last week's Infected, episode two, was uh, 633,000. Uh, the moment it was released and anybody that started watching it while it was still airing. Uh, this one, uh, it says just TBD. Uh, next week is called Please Hold My Hand, uh, directed by Jeremy Webb and written by Craig Mazin, coming out February 5th, 2023. We will be reviewing that one on February 6th, and we'll have the episode out on February 7th, um, and whatnot. So uh, that's pretty much it here. So uh, with all that stated, Mike, why don't you leave us out? Well, thank you once again for listening to Rise of the Cordyceps Infected, a uh, Last of Us HBO Max related unofficially uh, unofficial podcast. Uh, please tune in next week, and we will discuss episode four. <laughs>